Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here as always by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. We've made it. Uh, had quite a uh, weekend of games last week. Here we are, conference championship week. Uh, how are we doing today? Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough week weekend to live up to uh, this week. It, it, it almost maybe it almost felt like a hangover on Monday. Like we watched the Super Bowl, right? Like it, it, it almost felt like that. And the way the game analysis was just geared towards really the the Bills Chiefs game, it felt like we watched the Super Bowl in a sense. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> on the podcast last week we kind of <laughs> talked that. I mean, the, you know, all, all respect to the Cincinnati Bengals, who like we will talk about and and break oh, down yeah. that game. But we, when we were previewing. Chiefs Bills last week, we kind of said it, it feels like a de facto AFC championship game because those were, for the most part, the two best teams, at least in the AFC uh, throughout the season, even while both of them had uh, ups and downs. Uh, and it was hard to watch that and like not think that we were watching, you know, two of the best teams uh, in the league, especially when, when we saw some of the other teams we, we might have put up there. Um you know, th- throughout the year, kind of, you know, fizzle out uh, a little bit, you know, all the, all the road teams, um, well, most of the road teams winning. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was when we were like watching that game and as fun as that game was, like, it was, it was really hard to, to think those weren't the two best teams and uh, it, great that we got to see it uh, cap off a, a great divisional weekend, uh, kind of a bummer that we're, you know, not going to see it again. And then the bills are just out uh, that, that feels a little, just unfair in general, just because of, of how good they were um, this year. It feels like they should have at least like advanced more than the divisional round, just kind of on principle. But I mean, that, that was the matchup we got. It, it was really fun. And, but it, it ends up, we uh, we're going to get some, some fun games this week too. Yeah. Hopefully. And this has been like the, the postseason of, of rematches. We've had what uh, there's been 10 games so far. And I think eight have been regular season rematches and the two will be this weekend as well. Well, so we're gonna when have... there when there's a billion regular season games, I think <laughs> you're true. just kind of That's bound true. to to have rematches. <laughs> it's, it's hard to not get a rematch when just everybody <laughs> plays anybody anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got both of those going for us. Uh, you know, one is a, is the three peat here with the Niners Rams, and it's funny when we get to that game because you think about how much that week 18, you know, second half impacted and shaped the whole NFC playoff picture. You know, one, the 49ers getting in and then also, you know, it impacted who the Rams played and who, who and them winning in the second round, who the Rams don't do the Rams go winning Green Bay. We don't know. There's all these things that like get impacted. And uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how it worked out that the NFL will use that as vindication to adding the, the week 18 uh, because of the 49ers. But, uh, you know, here we are, though. But yeah, this is this will be fun. I mean, I think both these games set up to be really good. And, you know, I put some notes just like in context, of like the history of this round. And a lot of these games have gone over the game total and been high scoring, especially, re- especially recently. Each of the last four of these games in the conference championship round have gone over. And in the past five years, eight, eight of 10 have gone over the game total. So I think there's uh, in a path here where points can be scored in both these games too, and still make this weekend pretty fun. Even if the game doesn't come down to a last second, you know, field goal or a scoring play on the final play of the game. Yeah. We're probably not going to see like 300 yards of offense in the final two minutes of, uh, <laughs> of any of these games. Maybe um, the but... first one, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that that's true. Uh, you never know. Um, 
there were <laughs> there were teams uh, this year that probably went the entire season without like 300 yards of offense in all of their two minute drills. So we uh, again really really fun weekend, uh, and we'll just kind of head into this one. So we'll we'll dive into uh, the first game, which is going to be Cincinnati uh, at Kansas City. Um, like I said, rematch. This is a and one of the the cool things about these games and these rematches is we were kind of you know talking about rematches of you know in the divisional round, but some of them were early uh, in the season. We and and teams had kind of like really changed right. uh, either by personnel, philosophically, a whole bunch of things like coming into those the playoff games, but the two games we're getting here, we've seen them over the past month. Uh, and this game was just week 17. And, and it was one of the more fun games of the regular season um, just because of uh, how some of the, that ended. Um, so we're getting that, that ended up being a, a 34, 31 Cincinnati win. I think we remember a lot of, um, it's kind of like the, the the bombs away Cincinnati went, and this was kind of like where they pressed the gas. And you know, this the Chiefs game was kind of a uh, oh, we need to be throwing all, all the time, and that is uh, that's I think where the Bengals have continued to go in, and then that's where we've seen them in the playoffs right now. And that's probably what they need to continue to do, uh, heading into this game with the Chiefs because if we saw anything from the divisional round, uh, with that Bills game, like you, you're gonna have to just go. Blow for blow uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, and the Bengals. I mean, you go back to last week. I mean, it's it's. You look at their, their offensive efficiency. It was there. Uh, it was there from to score a lot of points. They just stalled out. You know, in Tennessee territory, especially taking as many sacks as they did and having to sell for long field goals. And luckily, they made all those long field goals. But there was an opportunity for them to, to an outcome in that game where they score lots of points. I mean, Burrow was everything was still lined up in that game for him to be really efficient. And like you said, they just stayed really aggressive again. They were 8.8% passing rate over expectation in that game. Uh, now, in the past four games, they've been, you know, had four of the six games where they've been just 2% higher in pass rate over expectation or more in a game. And when these teams played in week 17, they were 14.5% pass rate over expectation. So I think we'll see them be aggressive here. You're going to have to score points because this isn't the midseason Chiefs, right? Like that's long gone. Uh, yeah. you know, the, the Chiefs have scored 28 or more, eight more points in their past seven games. They lead the NFL basically in every single offensive metric over that span, yards per drive, scoring rate per drive, touchdowns per drive. You're going to have to score points here for the Bengals. You have to approach it like you're going to have to score points. Evan McPherson's not going to win you this game. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill's not going to throw, you know, the on the other side going to throw you three interceptions. Uh, so this is this is a game where the Bengals, I think, do keep their foot on the grass. And Burroughs rewarded, like, all that faith, like them being aggressive. Like, you know, I put all the – I won't just, like, read all the numbers that, like, I had in the worksheet, but he's been excellent on first and second downs. He's been excellent in the fourth quarter. Putting the ball in his hands – uh, is what they need to do. And the, the Bengals are a great example too, because they almost have a little bit of house money with them because they're probably ahead of schedule. And also yeah. a reason like people like shouldn't jump the gun on just like assuming like the bills will always be there. I mean, the AFC has just packed with like young, good quarterbacks and uh, the, the bills missing their opportunity in a, in like a, a, a stretch where like Josh Allen was arguably playing like almost indestructible football is going to like in hindsight could really look like a real big missed opportunity uh, because this Bengals team is really set up in the driver's seat with Burrow on a rookie contract, Chase on a rookie contract, T Higgins on a rookie contract. Like they're, they're really kind of set up here to be like one of these conglomerates in the AFC here moving forward, even if this is kind of just like a, well, we're happy to be here type of, type of moment. 
Yeah. And uh, I think we, we kind of talked about this uh, previously, but a, a team that has now shown uh, they don't need to like go out and make a, you know, a, a big splash uh, in adding guys, but they'll, they'll have some, you know, ancillary pieces to kind of put around the roster. And that's kind of what they did uh, this past off season, like completely basically built this defense uh, around like some mid-tier free agents that, that ended up working out, you know, pretty well. So I think they'll continue uh, to do that. And uh, probably like if we, once we look ahead to the Bengals, like uh, I think they should uh, be uh, cutting people in the front of the line to go uh, offensive lineman shopping. Um, and so like that's, and if they, they can do that, I think that like, that'll be huge uh, for them. So, and I think that, you know, that offensive line is going to obviously play into this game uh, where we look at what, what the Bengals are, are going to be doing it. Like, and we've talked about it a bunch, how often they like to go empty, use those five man protections. And um, in the last game, Tennessee just, just killed them uh, with that. Like not only was like Jeffrey Simmons just killed them one-on-one whenever he was, you know, matched up with the guard. Uh, but, you know, uh, Tennessee was, was using some, uh, uh, like creepers and simulated pressures where it always like, it looked like they were going to be, you know, rushing five. They would, uh, like load the line of scrimmage. And then every you know, sack only, was with only four rush for your pass rushers. Every single sack was the four for your pass rushers. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, but some of the times it was, you know, not knowing which four, yes. uh, those were going to be still getting, you know, these, these one-on-ones, uh, when you're only rushing four. And I think that they were setting that up well, some stunts and, and things like that. So they, 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 they played, you know, Tennessee did a lot of good things along that defensive line to confuse an already not great, um, you know, Cincinnati offensive line. Uh, and then you kind of look at, but we, you know, have also seen uh, Cincinnati like go do six and seven man uh, protections. And they did that a little bit in the Kansas City game uh, during the regular season uh, as when they went later. So I think we we might see that because, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to want to, you know, change some of his defensive looks. He will blitz uh, a little bit. He'll bring some of those, you know, the mugged looks along the the defensive line. Um, So I'm very interested to see how the Bengals kind of react uh, to that because it kind of seemed like uh, against Tennessee, they said, we just, we want to have our empty package. We want to have as many receivers out in a route as we possibly can. And, you know, that, it works for them a little bit, obviously nine sacks. Uh, you, you don't want to be taking that in any game, but it just kind of seems like that was their game plan. That's what they wanted to do. And they didn't really have an adjustment off of that. So I'm going to be real interested to see, because I don't think they're going to use the, the run game to, um, uh, to like be the, you know, the, the change up there. I think it's going to be mixing up, you know, some of those protections um, and how Kansas city, you know, goes about, uh, you know, going uh, about defending that, especially in the secondary is going to be interesting because I think Tyron Matthew should be back and, and his loss was, was pretty big um, in, in that Buffalo game. Obviously the, you take a safety out of um, Kansas city. That means, you know, Daniel Sorensen has to, you know, play more snaps actually in coverage. Uh, that's never great. You know, the, there was the, the long play uh, against Cincinnati uh, in that first oh, yeah. matchup with, with Sorensen um, <laughs> in coverage. Well, I mean, he was, he was put in a bad spot, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the point. Um, (laughs) and then once it got like late into the game and Kansas city was, you know, playing some single high a little bit, trying to, you know, get some pressure on burrow. Uh, anytime there was a one-on-one to the outside, uh, 
Bengals were just going to throw go routes. And they were like, we have all the confidence in the world. We can beat your guys one-on-one, whether it was to Jamar Chase, whether it was to T Higgins. Um, so I think that that's going to be uh, really interesting to see because like they had their trust there and they were able to do it. And, and that's how Cincinnati was able to move the ball on them. So uh, I'm going to be, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see just just how much um, both of these sides kind of change it up because we've seen so recently, um, you know, what both sides thought the right move was. Um, and we kind of saw Cincinnati take advantage of that. Yeah, I think we're going to see both teams play more too high safeties in this rematch. I would, yeah. you would think, right? And, and you know, uh, I saw Jamar Chase's comments too that he expected them to play more cover too as well. Uh, and if you look at like Burrow splits and Mahomes splits, uh, you know, definitely you want to play those two high safeties because they just destroy when you don't. I mean, even when these teams first played each other, you know, you look at the, you know, 10,000 foot view and you say, yeah, the Chiefs still scored 31 points, but they only scored three points in the second half of that game. And Cincinnati changed their defense and played more two high looks uh, because when they went one high safety in that game, Mahomes absolutely decimated them. Uh, you know, but when they were, when they went to cover two and only on, you know, 28% of his dropbacks, he only was through for five yards for pass attempt. Uh, and that's been kind of Burroughs thing all year too. You know, he's still really excellent. Like no matter what you carve out for the Bengals, he's been so good, but the where he's been like astronomical and like, you just don't want to do is just play man covers and blitz him and, you know, put one, one, one high safety on the field. So like, yeah, it, it, I would think both teams try to get religion. I'm kind of, one, what the Bengals had work in the second half of that game, and two, what the Chiefs did not have work uh, on defense uh, in that first game. We see teams play a little more coverage in this game than they did the first time. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's just like oh, with a Burrow thing, he just has like so much confidence in what he's been doing, especially over like the, the second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I wrote about that piece, like what was going on with the Cincinnati deep passing game where there was just a stretch where like nothing was hitting, but everything was was on target and they were still, you know, trying some of those, you know, contested deep balls a little bit to Jamar Chase. They just weren't really, you know, hitting and I think like immediately after I wrote that they started hitting again and they haven't stopped uh, hitting. And so he's been completely accurate there. So you have those one-on-ones and, and he's just going to take it. And, and they have the the back shoulder um, in their arsenal too. So uh, I, that that's so much fun how they can, you know, mix it up. And uh, it chases like, growth. The second, the, this like last now even second half of the season, like this last quarter of the season. Uh, remember, cause it, like basically through like two thirds of his whole rookie season this year was, his spade was just winning deep. And then you said that dried up for a little bit. And you look at, just look at Chase's game log when it dried up, you know, you said right before you wrote that piece, but then they started like adding, uh, you know, stuff near the line of scrimmage for him. You see him even getting carries now in the postseason. They've really started to unlock kind of like his like full field acumen, especially his, you know, ability after the catch. Uh, And he's got a little more uh, cards in his deck now instead of just having to rely on one Trump. Yeah. And, and that's like one of the things they've, they've been doing too. And then the other thing is like, even when he was having success, like in the beginning of the season, it was, you know, he was getting some targets deep downfield and then all of a sudden, like making guys miss on deep passes and then turning those into like yards after the catch where there probably shouldn't have been um, like in those situations too. So um, like all of that is, is coming together. So I think it's going to be, um, I think, Cincinnati is going to put a, a lot of, you know, effort into probably trying to stop a, a lot of those outside things. And, and 
then one of the other things is like Cincinnati can can change it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you know Jamar Chase can can still run a slant and take that to the house. They have uh, Uzama who can um, you know work the middle of the field. Tyler Boyd is you know just kind of forgotten here just because of how good like Chase and T Higgins have been. But like we've you know also talked about that like he can be uh, the go to guy uh, in a game if they need him to be. And now uh, they're so throwing I, to Mixon like <laughs> yeah. which wasn't really part of their offense until this last stretch here too. Yeah. And then, you know, just on the other side of the ball, it's just, I, I wrote about it on Monday. There's just like, there's nothing you can do on defense. That's going to just stop Patrick Mahomes. It just, it doesn't happen um, anymore. They're just in such a groove with everything they're doing on offense. So the bills, uh, you know, as a lot of teams have tried to do and the bills have done in the past, sold out in too high said, you're going to throw mm-hmm. nothing deep uh, on us at all. And, and he didn't do 2.3% of his passes uh, went 20 or more air yards uh, in that game, which was the lowest in, in a full game uh, of Patrick Mahomes career. Uh, 75% of his pass attempts went between one to 10 air yards, which was the highest rate uh, in any game of Mahomes career. Uh, and that was fine. Like, and, and it wasn't like it, and I, I tried to explain this it, in the piece. It wasn't just like dump offs. He wasn't like checking down um, in the one to 10. Like there were some ridiculous throws that went one to 10 air yards, but it was um, it just the way he was able to get it off. Like he wasn't forcing things um, either, uh, even though like the, the touchdown to Byron Pringle, um, that crazy one where he's, you know, sprinting back, uh, it turns uh, plants and throws like technically only a two yard pass. Right. (laughs) But that's absolutely ridiculous. And, and he was able to make some of those things. So he is in this mode where he is taking whatever the defense gives him, but also just like getting the most possible out of that, uh, that the offense can. And when you have, you know, uh, Tyree kill who can, you know, take some of those crossers across the field, you have Travis Kelsey now who, um, you know, through like a portion of the season, teams were just kind of like pressing him and, and he wasn't getting, you know, those intermediate type of things. Like he used to be, you know, the too high killer. And now he's kind of back to that. He's being a little more physical off the line. Teams are kind of scared to press him uh, again because he is being physical. So that's opening up uh, some areas in the middle of the field there. And they just like, and the the other pieces, they're finally figuring out like you have maybe one big McCall Hardman uh, play a game. Uh, and that used to mm-hmm. be like one big McCall Hardman play like every five weeks. <laughs> uh, like sometimes, uh, you know, Byron Pringle is, is coming in as a guy who can, you know, step up. And so there's just, there's so many pieces on this Kansas City offense and they're finally, like all of them are being used to like their, their top potential, which just it makes this offense so scary. Yeah, we kind of talked about it last week too. Just like, yeah, when this offense really is humming along is when all these ancillary guys are, you're getting, you know, a couple plays out of these guys, the Jarek McKinnons, the Byron Pringles, uh, you know, the McCole Hardmans. And you talk about like, you look at like Hardman, like he, he doesn't have like, uh, you know, like these gaudy stat lines at all, but he has a reception of 40 or more yards or a, pl- in, or a play of 30 or more yards, uh, you know, in six of his past eight games. So like you said, they're just, they're finding a way to get one of these plays out of him a game. Uh, on offense these aren't special teams plays either so I mean when the Chiefs are at their best is when they're getting remember like the Demarcus Robinsons like those type of world and now we're seeing Jarek McKinnon is tapping into like the Damian Williams bag right like uh, of being like a guy they could use in like the pass game and the screen game that kind of was the last two years really hasn't been as much of a staple as the Chiefs passing game that that it has been in years past but we've seen McKinnon kind of come out and they've, they've brought back like that 
uh, the, these two games in the postseason. And he's been really kind of efficient as a pass catcher as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are just they're they're, they're just cooking right now. Uh, Mahomes twenty touchdowns, two interceptions over the past seven games. Uh, you know, this is a situation where the Bengals are going to have to tackle, right? Like this yep. is this is what and they did in the first game. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are the, the highest rate of their passing yardage comes from yards after the catch as a byproduct of what you laid out. Teams sell out, make you throw underneath. Uh, that's That creates a lot of yak opportunities uh, inherently. So you're going to have to tackle. Uh, in the first game they did, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill each had 14 yards after the catch in that game. Uh, is that going to happen again? Probably not. Uh, but, <laughs> but you're going to have to be like in that same mode uh, because they're going to obviously accept, like probably not give up the inherently structure their defense not to give up a lot of deep balls and deep opportunities so you're gonna have to tackle like you did in the first game um and really kind of you know really swarm around the football like they were able to Mahomes only threw for 3.8 yards for pass attempt in the second half of that game uh so whatever they they did they're gonna have to try to roll a lot of that back yeah and and I mean it's tough and as much as we've like Cincinnati's secondary has you know played well throughout the season I, I they've done a lot of you know good things but when you know it gets to a point where you're asking, um, you're asking to Wizzy, yeah, you're asking, you know, Eli Apple to, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> be covering and, and tackling a Tyree kill. And it's just like, there's, uh, there, there's no one who changes geometry, um, of, of plays like more than Tyree kill. It does. Right. Like that, the long, um, the long crosser he had, um, uh, against Buffalo, like Jordan Poyer was, was coming down and he has the right angle on 99% of NFL wide receivers, right? Like he's making the tackle on everyone else, uh, except for Tyreek Hill, who just turns on the jets, turns the corner and, and run past them. So that it's really hard. And like when you have, you know, uh, you know, Jesse Bates, who, who we've talked about has been playing well. It's just like, it, it's going to be a lot of stress on him, not only, you know, playing in that the two sh- high shell, um, but when he, ha- you know, is going to have to, you know, come down and, and play some of those intermediate routes to, to cut them off before they really gain those yards. It's, 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 a, it's such a tough ask for all of those pieces uh, on defense, because like you have one weak link in something and, and it's like you say, it, it's a big play. Uh, and that's, that's what makes the chiefs just, it's so hard to defend. And I think that's kind of, really where they found their groove um, over these past couple of weeks. Yeah. And as much as, you know, I said, like, you know, the Bengals fighting in that second half, remember the first half, the chiefs were up 28 to 14 too. So like, there's still an element here when you look at the Bengals and obviously the point spread bears this out with it being a seven point spread. Uh, you know, the Bengals were at home. They basically got a, a 266 yard game from a wide receiver and almost 500 yards passing yards and, and win by three. So, you know, now being on the road, the Chiefs in a little bit of a different spot, you see that switch, but I, uh, I definitely wouldn't pick the Bengals to win this game outright, but I mean, the seven, I feel is live. I feel like the over is still live for as high as it is. Uh, I think they definitely can score points in this game. I mean, the, 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 if there's one weakness of this Chiefs team, it's, you know, if you you got if they're going to get in a shootout with these teams, their defense is still exploitable. I mean, look at the – anytime they face a good quarterback the back half of the season, they've gotten roasted. So the, the, the element exists too for this to still be like a high-flying game, uh, and hopefully we have no weather concerns with it at all. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be – I think that's going to be big. I, I don't think that's going to, you know, um, really you know, impact how, you know, Cincinnati really wants to play this game, which I think maybe might be, you know, a, a benefit uh, for them. So, you know, back in, in week uh, 17, you know, Burrow uh, 
third highest uh, EPA uh, per dropback of quarterbacks uh, that week. Um, it was an empty, like almost 18% of the time. Um, it, it didn't throw the ball very far, right? Only uh, 6.7 air yards per attempt, but uh, 11.4 yards per attempt ended up. And they were getting the ball out quickly. 61.5% of his passes were in 2.5 seconds. So that was, you know, uh, just another way in how they were going to, um, you know, try to stop the, the pass drives, especially the interior. And that's really where they've, you know, gotten a, a lot of uh, pressure against them. So I, uh, and like I said, if it is a shootout, like they'll, they'll be throwing deep. So uh, it, this is going to be a fun game. I think your, your read is right where uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people picking the Bengals straight up, but, but seven seems, um, you know, it seems it's an intriguing uh, enough, you know, point total. Um, and it's, I think there are going to be a lot of points just because these offenses are, are so good. And, you know, if, you know, even though we see the Chiefs as kind of uh, an inevitability uh, at this point, and I think a lot of people are leaning that way, like nothing against the Bengals. Like <laughs> they've, they've done really well. Uh, we've been, you know, talking them up. They've been very fun to watch. Then this should be a very fun game. So um, it's because not a lot of people are giving them a chance. Uh, you know, what do you nothing think about, the, you know, especially with the, you know, the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett, you know, people are assuming they're going to press for Rodgers. If you're a quarterback, that that is potentially on the move like Aaron Rodgers or even Russell Wilson. Why the hell would you want to go to the AFC? Like, why would you go to the AFC? All these guys, and not only about. the AFC, like the, the AFC West <laughs> in general. So like you might not even get out of your division, right? It's, um, you know, yeah, that, there's so, a lot of things to, to these think about young there. quarterbacks, man. And the AFC is like, we just talked about too, like just the, the having Mahomes obviously is still the, the centerpiece in the Pantheon, Josh Allen, these two games that Josh Allen played, will kind of maybe get lost in the sauce like historically, but my God, they were two of the most phenomenal games I've seen a quarterback ever play. Uh, yeah. You know. And it's, it's, you know, real interesting because um, like, because like we, the, the Josh Allen thing r- remains, you know, interesting just because of it, what we saw from him throughout the year. Right. I think like of the high, you know, level quarterbacks, like no quarterback had more, play more games with negative EPA than Allen did. I think like half of his games during the regular season had negative EPA, uh, but the highs were still so good. And I think we, we kind of all figured there would be a little bit of regression uh, for Allen coming from 2020, just how you know good it was based on, you know, what 2018 and 2019 were, but obviously he's not going to be that quarterback anymore, which is, is great. Um, and his, his high end is just so good. So I think that the question for him and the bill is going to be how like long that can sustain, um, and how, you know, often they can keep, you know, some of that consistency going. Uh, and I think that's, that's going to be really big uh, for the bills, um, this next season. And I, I know there were, uh, I think, some things coming out of Buffalo where like they were saying it's a joke that like Josh Allen wasn't, um, you know, voted to the pro bowl and like oh, pro bowl voting is, is usually yeah. for the most part bad, but like, it, it's one of those things where if you have to put that guy in, you have to take someone out and you're not taking anyone out, uh, uh between Mahomes, uh, Burrow and, and Herbert, right? Like those three all deserve to be uh, in the pro bowl too. So like that, that's what you're getting in the AFC uh, right now. And you had like a somewhat down year from Lamar Jackson, um, who, you know, could easily rebound if, you know, Baltimore kind of figures out what it's doing on offense. Maybe they structured uh, a little differently. Like, <laughs> um, so like you said, it's uh, this AFC is 
the young quarterbacks are, are so good. And like, we're going to have some really good, uh, you know, AFC playoffs uh, for, for the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll now uh, move on to uh, the, the young stars of uh, the NFC playoffs and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the rising uh, star, uh, star quarterback of the NFC. Um, so, I mean, Rams 49ers, uh, I think, I was kind of hoping for this game because it's, it's so fun. Um, no, I think we discussed it after the, the week 18 game, the Stanford, the Rams, Matthew Stafford's um, overtime interception saved us. Right. Uh, it got, it kept the saints uh, out of the playoffs, uh, which uh, I guess it sent a, a whole another, like opened up a whole other timeline here. That's like a, a Marvel universe. Yep. Uh, uh, type I didn't of, get any king uh, cakes, Sean Payton. <laughs> Sean Payton, I didn't get any king cakes. I would like some king cakes. Um, so yeah, so that that opened up a whole thing that's going to uh, like impact the NFL for the next like a couple of years because you know Sean Payton is going to loom over like literally everything. Um, and I, I wrote something uh, on the site uh, about the saints and kind of where they, you know, go forward uh, from here because they have, they have some, you know, interesting things, but you know, we'll uh, stick to talking about uh, the actual game uh, this weekend, yeah. but they listen, they are going to tear it down. That's all I'll say. A lot of people think like the saints are going to rebuild, like Mickey Loomis ain't going no rebuild, man. <laughs> well, yeah. So if just <laughs> dive into that quickly. I, I think, they have the potential to do so, but because they were so focused on, you know, structuring these contracts to be restructured, um, like they don't even have, like we've seen rebuilding teams in the past, like take those dead cap hits um, and, and really like accelerate that onto a cap one year to uh, just to kind of tear it all down. But New Orleans isn't really even structured to do that. So I, it's, it's going to be tough for them to, uh, if they want to rebuild, it's going to be like a a, a multiple year process. Uh, so I don't even think they have like the ability to quickly rebuild and tear it down. So I, it, it does put them at, at a very interesting uh, crossroads. But um, the team that kept them out of the playoffs, San Francisco 49ers, we were kind of just saying they 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 would be a fun team to watch uh, in the playoffs. That's kind of why we wanted them in. And all of a sudden, uh, they are in the NFC Championship game, uh, and they are you know playing uh, the Rams who. We again, we just saw this uh, matchup in, in week 18. And uh, again, it, it was fun. We have, you know, so many, you know, fun narratives that the Shanahan McVay mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing, how, you know, the, the 49ers kind of own uh, McVay and the Rams at this point. But um, and man, if there are, you know, two teams playing at, uh, we kind of, you know, talked about it you know, with, with the chiefs and, you know, the bills to an extent, but I think two teams like playing to their fullest extent and exactly kind of what we would picture the ideal forms of these offenses, especially like it's the Rams and 49ers right now. I mean, listen, the Rams, I mean, it just comes down to like when they play clean football, they are absolutely one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, they played obviously the, the worst blowout win last week that should have happened. I mean, that, that they blew the Buccaneers out and they somehow let the Buccaneers hang around because of all the turnovers. And it wasn't even Stafford turnovers. Right. Like those, those were very fluky things. Yeah. Like the, weird, the... weird turnovers. I mean, they, they have a chance yeah. to go up, what, 27 to three before the half. They end up getting up to 27 to three in the second half anyways. But, you know, Akers fumbles at the one. Cooper Cup just like drops up of the ball on like running with it. You have the bad snap after, uh, you know, a turnover. Just weird, crazy things. But yeah, when the Rams play clean football, 
you see the ceiling. It's what we talked about. We both thought the Rams were undervalued coming into the playoffs. People are kind of not really giving them a real shot. Now, when they play clean football, I mean, they are as good as anybody. Um, and we saw it with the 49ers the last time they played. Week, week 18, they're up 17 to nothing. Stafford is like plays a flawless first half. It looks like they're going to run away, right? The 49ers are dead. Saints are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, and then the, you know, the 49ers get a ton of pressure in the second half. They start forcing some mistakes, and you get right back into the game. The Rams do this to us. Like They, they play they, – they, they give us these, these just flashes, but we don't get a lot of four-quarter Rams games. And, it, and it's like that's what they need. They're, they're, we're at the point – we're at the brink, right? Like you got to give four-quarter games now. Uh, so that's what it all comes down to. But if the Rams play clean, I still think that they are the, the better of the two teams. Um, but obviously, you know, you have all the little, the, the, the side narratives uh, and how much uh, the 49ers have dominated this matchup over the past three years. And we talked about it in week 18 as well, because at that point when we did this podcast, we didn't know who's going to start at quarterback for the 49ers at that week 18 game. And we had the conversation. And, uh, you know, I pitched it to you that, like, they kind of maybe want Garoppolo to start that game because just of how they've attacked this defense. And, you know, that kind of played out again. Grapple didn't play his best, but he played his best football when it, it mattered. Uh, and you see, like, when the Warriors play these these Rams, the Rams, like, they just attack the middle of the field. And that's what Grapple does against everybody. But it's been a real, like, highlighted weakness that, like, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, like, are just at the forefront of all of these games and, like, in terms of, like, spike production. Um, so the Rams clearly know what's coming. Are they going to combat it this time? Because uh, we are going to get Grapple for sure this time as a starter. Yeah, and uh, the, the Garoppolo thing, like, is, is interesting because he has not played particularly well uh, throughout the playoffs, right? Um, and I think that is... I mean, there was no point last week you thought they were going to win, right? Until, like, the Rodgers went three and out. Even after the block punt, I was like, kind of like, ah, uh, like, they're back in it. But, like, there was no point I thought the 49ers were going to win that game. Yeah, and, I mean, they, they were hanging around, and, like, we can, you know, talk about the, the defensive effort. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that. But, yeah, just the, the offense... It was interesting because like there, there were so like some spots they could have moved the ball early. Like there was that that one play to, to Kittle mm-hmm. um uh early in the game that that he dropped. Um where like you if he catches that, he's he's still running. Um that was just as well designed of a play as you can get. It was the exact matchup you want. Um there was so much open room for for Kittle. So that would have been like a like a 70 yard touchdown. Um if that if Kittle you know, keeps it. And that wasn't a Garoppolo's fault, but yeah, I, again, it's, it's been some things. I'm like, we, we kind of say that about Stafford, there's like, what is he going to like make that mistake? But it, like, that's the Garoppolo without like so much of the high side, which is kind of what has, you know, slowed, um, you know, slowed some, I think, optimism about the 49ers and, and why we haven't been as high on their offense, but like when, when it is working really well, it like it, it's one of the best looking offenses. Uh, and absolutely. So Garoppolo throughout the playoffs right now, a negative 0.27 EPA per drop back. Uh, he has yet to throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, that's just kind of like what you're working with and against a little bit, but they're, you know, designing so many good things that, you know, Debo in the backfield um, it's, you know, slowing down a little bit in efficiency, but but it's working. And what it does is it puts stress on the defense, at least, right? Especially against the Rams. And that's kind of what they did late in that Rams game where, you know, if you want Jalen Ramsey to be on Debo Samuel, which uh, the Rams kind of did, 
like when you have Debo in the backfield, that kind of changes the entire structure of the defense and where some, you know, players can be. So, um, it, it turns around a lot. So I, I, I will continue to wonder if we'll see like a Trey Lance, like red zone package, which we can't could point, help. Right? But I like, th- yeah, I think <laughs> we we continue to, to think about it and, and it, you think it would help, but it doesn't, but, uh, it, they just, they have so many answers, right? So like you can get away with uh, a poor Garoppolo performance, but again, like you said, like this is where they match up so well uh, against the Rams because they just, they don't have that middle of the field defense. Um, and because they're going to play, you know, in too high and now, especially without the safeties, you know, you have, um, you know, Eric Weddle, he's playing probably, I think he said more snaps than he even, than even he thought, you know, he was going to be playing. And, and you have, you know, some guys, um, that are, you know, stepping up, but still, uh, when you're playing the middle of the field uh, against Debo, you're playing in the middle of the field against George Kittle. Like those are tough guys to, to cover, uh, and bring down. So, uh, this is like kind of the, the short, quick passing game that the, the 49ers want to have. Like this is, this matches up like really well against what the Rams uh, are doing structurally on defense. Yeah. And that's what we talked about when heading into that week 18 matchup about just so would Lance be able to kind of exploit that where, we knew exactly what the 49ers wanted to do. And, you know, they, they built themselves in a hole, but were able to get back. I mean, Debo Samuels, who like kind of brought them back from the grave in that game. He, remember in the third quarter of that game, like Grabble really didn't do anything. Uh, he had the money drive, the under two minute drive that, that was arguably his best stretch, his best series of football for the 49ers. But Debo Samuel in the third quarter of that game, they come out in the third quarter and they score, I think on a 10 play drive and throw one pass. Uh, Debo has a touchdown run and then the next possession, he throws a touchdown pass Debo Samuel. Uh, he's just been such a, a, a key ingredient in, in all these games. And you just look, look, go back to just follow Debo's game log in these games against the Rams, whether it be in week 18, week 10, uh, the two games last year. I mean, his thumbprint is all over, uh, these games and doing it in a variety of manners, you know, playing as an alpha receiver in a game without Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle available playing out of the backfield. Like we said, in week 18, uh, and in week 10, like week 10 was kind of the first time, right? Like that we, that he started to play a lot in the backfield, uh, when these teams first played. So, I mean, he's, he's obviously the catalyst, even last week when he didn't even have a huge game, you see like his thumbprint stall over the game. They bring him in to run the opening kickoff back of the second half and he yeah. sets them up in field position. He has the, 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 the Texas route that sets up the game winning field goal. Uh, he has the third and seven run, right. And you go back to the Cowboys game, he's running on third and what 14 and, and getting it almost for a first down. Like he is the guy that they're kind of, you know, you know, going to in all these spots. Yeah. I just looked it up real fast. Yeah. Week 10 game is the game where he had five carries out of the backfield. And he had six heading the entire season heading into that game. It was kind of the game where it all kind of switched. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he's been such a unique player in another year where Cooper Cup didn't challenge basically every receiving record that ever existed. He probably right. would have had a really strong stake to offensive player of the year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's all gonna fall back onto you know how they utilize him and the production they get out of him and, and how the Rams combat that. Cause like you've talked about in your article a couple weeks ago. Even when they come out in personnel, you try to match personnel with them. You don't know where the hell he's going to be. So it's like it right. puts you in such a bind defensively. Yeah, and and that's the thing. And I, what kind of the Rams completely switched what they how like were going to be doing um, on the defensive side of the ball from those two matchups. Um, so 
well, in week 10, they played too high 66% of the time. Um, in week 18, that went down to 54%. Uh, zone coverage 75% of the time in week 10, 53% um, in week 18. Uh, and then the middle of the field open uh, coverage where like actually having you know a too high coverage, not just a pre-snap look, 70% of the time in week 10, 28% of the time uh, in week 18. So there, that's causing everyone to like move a little closer to the line of scrimmage uh, and really trying to sell out to, to stop a lot of that. But then the 49ers are also able to, you know, take advantage of what they want to do um, there. And then they're still finding out ways in misdirection again, moving Debo around when you have, uh, you know, it, <laughs> we, I think there's no podcast that talks about the impact of Juwan Jennings uh, more than this one. Uh, but like when you have a guy like that, who is going to like kind of play that second tight end a, a little bit, right? He's this gigantic slot uh, receiver who is going to, you know, block the crap out of a lot of these running plays, but also like can run after the catch. So you know, like they, the way they're able to set up their personnel, um, you know, whether they're playing 21 or, or 11, it's just like, they have so many options and, and it really like messes with, you know, what, what the, um, you know, what the Rams do on defense. And it, it, it's hard because like the Rams aren't, really going to be bringing a lot of extra pressure. They're trying to win on these one-on-ones. And when you have like so much play action, you have so much misdirection, it really slows down like what Von Miller and Aaron Donald, you know, can do. We saw what they can do, uh, you know, when you have kind of a, a statue-esque quarterback and, and not a great offensive line. Um, and like they were just on Brady uh, as often as they possibly mm-hmm. could have been uh, last week. But we saw they, both I, guys, uh, historical Hall of Famers in a walk right in, Brady and Rodgers were pressured in that game more so than they had been all season. And you see some of the, it doesn't matter how good you are, right? When you're getting pressure, it's tough to play position, this position in the NFL level. Uh, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, but yes. Uh, <laughs> well, there's no one pressure than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just like, it, it's really interesting. And then like, when you go to the other side of the ball, like the, the 49ers game plan against, Green Bay was just like incredible. Um, they it, it was like just such a good you know way. Like they were going to you know bracket Devontae Adams any chance they could. Um, you know when he wasn't bracketed, like he was thrown to, and you know that was you know he still I think had like nine receptions and and still you know had some production through the air. But then they weren't allowing you know anything else, and there was nothing else open, and and it wasn't like a big Devontae Adams play. Um, and then like the only other player who got targets was you know Aaron Jones out of the backfield um and like you like completely made that passing game like you know one-dimensional so it was either you know trying to like force a slant to Devontae Adams or it was like a a check down to Aaron Jones and and like that was it uh that that's all they could possibly do so I like that structure was there a lot of what they did like along the defensive line where they were um you know they were able to have that pressure with four like they continually like mugging up uh you know that that defensive line and and having the linebackers like move up and like Fred Warner went from like we're not sure if he's going to play to you know, he uh, blows up a screen on, on the first drive and, and Green Bay did eventually score a touchdown there, but he was just like all over the field and consistently like 
running from uh like lining up in the a gap looking like he's going to blitz which the 49ers just never do but they still like line him up to show like maybe maybe one time we will <laughs> and so he's like covering uh, tight ends or slot receivers like and starting from the a gap there so it's like he's just all, all over the field and really makes the coverage so much easier on on all of those other guys um but i think the the interesting thing again when we you know shift it to what the rams do is they have so many options right and they're figuring out all of those options like you can have cooper cup um and I think that's a big thing, um, like the the Cooper Cup matchup, because I think we see like so often, like for being as good as he is, just because of how he's aligned uh, and how the Rams structured their offense, he's like against linebackers all of the time. And it's just like a receiver that good should never be against the linebacker, which is kind of just the way everything is structured. They The Rams get that kind of matchup a lot, but if you do that against the 49ers, like that's now Fred Warner, that's not just a linebacker. So, um, but now the Rams can you know, go to Odell Beckham. They have Van Jefferson. They're using, they're like 12 personnel in the playoffs, like 22% of the time, which is way more than they were using earlier in the season. So they're starting to mix up a, a lot of things. Um, so uh, this is just going to be like a real fun back and forth uh, between you know throwing some new looks. And there's, there's a lot of receiving options on both of these teams. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, I hate to be like so binary and I just come back to this game, but I mean, it just always is like, how can the Rams just, you know, keep Stafford clean in the pocket and does Stafford play a clean game? And like, that's going to be just like the two deciding factors, right? That's as, as, as like binary as I can make it, right? That's, and then I hate to just reduce it to that, but that really is the, the whole point of the game. You talk about like the 49ers defense, like they pressured Rodgers the second highest rate in a game this season, and he just folded in the second half of that game. Uh, didn't really get to any of his second secondary reads. Like you said, that, that there was no, no other guys were getting targets at all. It was basically, do I have Devontae Adams here? No. All right, I'm going to get it to Aaron Jones, and then I've got nothing else. It, two weeks ago, they pressured Dak Prescott on almost half of his dropbacks, 48%. Uh, you know, they're not going to blitz Matthew Stafford like the Cardinals did and like the Buccaneers did. So, no, you know, and, and it, you shouldn't like that was the right? only no, thing we yes. said heading into this game. And Todd Bowles was just well, like, Todd Bowles is going to do a nah, Todd Bowles. Yeah, well, but Todd it's Bowles. weird because, like, in, in the Super Bowl last year, he didn't blitz Mahomes at all. Like, so he has that change up uh, in his book. But, uh, man, yeah, that uh, that turned out uh, quite poorly. Yeah, especially the last play of the game, obviously, uh, you know, getting beat on that, 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 the, you know, trying to bring that extra heat, you know, and then Cup gets behind the defense, uh, you know, behind Antoine Winfield after he absolutely just eviscerated Sean Murphy bunting the play before uh, from the inside. But the 49ers aren't going to blitz, basically, is all I'm saying. So, you know, if the, if the Rams can just hold up and not allow like the, the, the pressure from the front four, Stafford plays a clean game. I think it still is going to be hard as much as the, the six games in a row, like these two teams are too good. Right. And the coaches are too good for one team to just keep continuously beating the other. Uh, they're going to need a situation where the Rams, uh, accelerate and, and beat themselves like they did in the second half of that game. Uh, when these teams played. So, I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, you this game too, for the spread, you're getting a hook on it. It's three and a half. I don't like that at all. I wouldn't be comfortable laying it. I do think this game does have a shot to go over too. Like I said, I mean, I feel like people are underselling this game. Like it's going to be a defensive battle. But like you said, there's offensive weaponry on both these teams. Like there's really good offensive players in this game uh, that I feel like, uh, you know, as a big picture getting discounted just because it's not Chiefs bang, uh, Chiefs Bengals. Yeah, and it just it, it does feel like there's there's going to be a, a lot of points, and 
you know, to, to go back to like the, the Stafford point, right? Like he finishes that week 18 game uh, with 0.35 EPA per drawback. So one of the highest uh, in the league and of that week. And when you are, uh, I think that was with, you know, two interceptions and, and five sacks. So the, the high side was, was so good. And that was, you know, really split by half. You look in the first half, 0.86 EPA per drawback, which, you know, is insane. Like that's how good he was in the first half. And then negative if you're wanting point, completion the first half. Yeah. Right? And then negative <laughs> 0.14, you know, in, in the second half. Uh, but that was also, you know, in the second half. And I think if I have a concern with the Rams, it's, how conservative did they get, right? Because Sean McVay kind of has that tendency, right, to to rely on the run game like a little bit. That second half against Tampa Bay, like they, yeah, I think it was like right after the cup fumble, but like every first down was a run. Um, and those were gaining like two yards at, at the best, right? Like Cam Akers, as impressive as he was, and I almost like had a tweet during the game, like, and and sincerely, like, and it wasn't even going to be sarcastic. Like Cam Akers is having like the most impressive two yard per carry performance I've ever seen. Um, but just because of like how well, like he's running, like he does look healthy, but they just, you know, they weren't able to block that, uh, Tampa Bay front. They were like running right up the middle. Uh, and so that, that put them in like those second and third along. They ain't going to run of- it here either. We'll let them know and right now. <laughs> they they shouldn't, right? And, and but that's kind of the the hesitancy you can have with McVeigh, where he does tend to kind of force that that early down run uh, a little bit. But man, you just like let Stafford do what he does, and like he's and I think we've like oversold like the mistakes he makes, right? Like they're they're the really bad ones that like kind of stick in your head. The like throwing it up in the end zone. Yeah. The Titans one. I think that like everyone thinks like that is every Stafford interception uh, at this point, but, but it's it's really not like when he's back there and like picking his spots, like he has been really good. Uh, The mistakes have been when like, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, like when he's, you know, forcing things deep down the field that he probably shouldn't when like the, the Rams need a big play. Um, you know, that's what the, the interception late in, uh, in week 18 was that, that overtime interception, uh, like they, they kind of need felt they needed to force the ball down the field and that's what happened. And that's where he's throwing his interception. So, um, uh, I, I kind of think like if they're able to like let Stafford, you know, just kind of like sit back there and, and pick apart this defense, I think he's going to be able to do it. But, uh, if they're, you know, maybe like scared of the mistakes, playing a little hesitant, you know, forcing that run on first down, which they like did in the Tampa Bay game. And we saw it allowed Tampa to, to come back among some of the other fluky turnovers. Um, I think that that that's going to put them, you know, kind of in a hole. So uh, if, if they're able to continue to, to push the ball, I think Stafford has the ability, especially with how good those receivers are and how everything else is clicking. I think as you know, as well as D'Amico Ryan's ha- like has been doing and that defense has like, has been great. And that was like as good of a game they could have played against the Packers. I kind of think the, the Rams can kind of pick that apart, but all if, you know, they, they allow him to do so. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're not, I don't think they're going to run the football here. They, like said, it, 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 at least effectively when they do try. These teams played twice. The uh, running backs for the Rams have 35 carries or 97 total yards. Uh, this is not – you, you no one's really running the 49ers except for Jonathan Taylor who ran on everybody. Uh, and that's really it. So, I mean, 
if the Rams think they're going to do that, that that's going to be a problem. You you have to, uh, you know, get get aggressive on the 49ers, right? Because you have to slow down that pass rush. That's like if, anytime you have these guys getting downhill, it's a problem. And you know they have one of the great team celebrations, the belly rub. Uh, people, you know, love like touchdown celebrations. The most underrated celebration is by far the sack celebration. Uh, these big guy celebrations uh, just have tremendous. Uh, you know, this is the most underrated element when you're getting into celebration weeds. So the 49ers have a great one where they do the team belly rub after a big plays. Uh, one of the best. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, the sack, sack dances are uh, I'm here for sack dance analysis. Absolutely. And I think we'll, I mean, you have the, the 49ers doing that. You have the, the you know, the Von Miller here. So I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see some, I think, in this game. So, um, and how, so call how it. You're, you're going, you're, you're going chiefs Rams. It sounds like, yeah, I, I think like I've, I've been so high on the Rams all year. Like I, um, I can't bail now. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm sticking there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco wins. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, 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 the hedge I'm, I'm going with. Uh, but yeah, if I'm <laughs> going to, if I'm going to pick it, uh, I'm going to go chiefs Rams. Yeah, I, I agree too as, as well. Like I said, like, it's hard for me to, to just envision like this Rams team continuously just getting getting beat here. But hey, uh, like I said, six in a row, it's happened. Uh, two at Stafford, that and one was pretty ugly. But I do lean that too as well. The, we haven't had both both underdogs haven't won uh, in both round in this round uh, in in quite as well as twenty eighteen and then twenty twelve of the past twenty years. So twice both underdogs have made the Super Bowl. We almost had all four underdogs win last week, which has been the first time ever in divisional round history. So it's been kind of a year of like the parody and underdog. But I do want to side with the chalk here heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean it's. I think we're going to get a fun game, regardless. Um, I, like for the, the Super Bowl, I think a lot of those matchups are are really fun. Um, but yeah, I've been high on the Rams. I've you know they've been a very hard uh, buyer and like outward seller of how good Matthew Stafford uh, has been when there has you know been some you know talk otherwise of how you know maybe he he didn't do you know all that much to change the offense which is right i think i think anyone sitting on that take like you were you were wrong Uh, i think (laughs) to to that but i like considering he has as many passing touchdowns as jared goff uh yeah i tweeted that the other i tweeted that the (laughs) other day um and then when you look at their playoff uh epa that that i tweeted um let me find that on uh feed um the playoff epa uh per dropback as the rams quarterback jared goff negative 0.05 uh matthew stafford 0.34 so a uh, slight change there um so yeah uh been high on the rams all year i've uh, been very you know pro stafford and what his high side brings so uh leaning fully uh into that uh so uh chiefs rams and i think that uh that should be a fun matchup Nice. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. I'm on board with that as well. I'm probably going to bet both overs for the record uh, and just enjoy the football and not really have a side uh, just to kind of enjoy it. But uh, I, I do side with your force me to pick games. I like the two favorites. <laughs> All right. Um, so there we go. I mean, we did pretty well uh, last week uh, picking games. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see I don't even that. feel bad like about the bill, like being wrong on the bills. Like I don't, it, I feel no, like, it, like it was, just because they lost, like you weren't <laughs> technically wrong. 
I think that's that's about as right as you could be in a loss. And both of us were dialed in on the Rams. And like I said, that was a blowout. Like the, Brady almost had the Brady magic. Like it was like is everything just going to keep falling right for this guy. But that game was was a blowout. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's nuts. Um, and and yeah, really- they, they, um, I'm happy they pulled it out because uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I would rather be watching the Rams in this game too than I would have the current version of the Buccaneers. I think maybe a full strength Buccaneers team, uh, probably a little different, but uh, I think we, we ended up, I think with, with the most fun matchups we could have had, uh, for, for this weekend. And I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. So on that note, we will, uh, end the show here. I hope you guys, uh, enjoy the games. Uh, we will, uh, be back. I'm sure we'll figure out something to talk about next week. Um, when there's a, Technically, no game going on, but uh, hope we'll pro see. Pro ball analysis, <laughs> dodgeball, pro dodgeball analysis. That's that's what we're that's what we're here for. That's where we specialize. Uh, so there's going to be a, a ton of content uh, up on sharpballanalysis.com. Rich has uh, the worksheet uh, going for the two uh, championship games. Uh, I had something about Patrick Mahomes. I uh, wrote about the Saints. I'll have something on uh, these games uh, coming up. Uh, so uh, you can read all of that on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at what Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Tampazuda. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. 